Okay, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Andre LaRue. I'm the chair of the Medford Community Development Board. I'm opening our meeting for August 20th, 2020. The Medford Community Development Board will conduct a meeting via Zoom remote video conferencing on Thursday, August 20th, 2020 at 6 p.m. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12th, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, uh, General Law Chapter 30A, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place. This hearing of the Medford Community Development Board will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. Welcome everyone. Just a reminder uh, that we are streaming on the government channel and online at the Medford Community Media website. Also to participate during the meeting for members of the public, questions and comments may be emailed to ocd at medford-ma.gov or submitted via phone to 781-393-2480, 781-393-2480. All votes will be roll call votes. And please uh, introduce yourself each time you speak. And if you are a uh, not a board member, please state your, your name and address for the record. One moment. Okay, first item on the agenda is, uh, I will also say that our last two meetings, if anyone has participated in those, were a very long meeting. So I'm gonna try to do my best to move things along more expeditiously. And I would ask for everyone's uh, help in, in doing so. Keep uh, your comments uh, as concise as possible. Uh, first, we move to approve the minutes of the meetings for, for both June 18th, 2020, uh, as well as July 16th, 2020. Um, for June 18th, 2020, uh, do board members have any questions, comments, or edits? Uh, Andre, this is Dave. I, I don't have any comments. I've read them and I wanted to make a motion to approve the minutes. If I can for both meetings in one motion, that's fine. If not, we can do it separately. Okay. Let's do one at a time in case there are comments on, on the July minutes. Uh, there's a motion on the floor to approve the minutes for, uh, for June. Uh, is there a second? I'll second. This is Deanna. Thanks, Deanna. Uh, we will, with the virtual, with the virtual meeting, meeting, we will we do a... Just mute just if you're not, if you're not speaking. speaking. Thank you. There's some feedback there. Uh, so the roll call vote, uh, Deanna Peabody. 
Aye. Christy Dowd? Aye. Les Andresen? Aye. Jackie Furtado? Aye. And David Blumberg? Aye. All right, thank you. And I'm an aye as well. Six zero, motion passes. Uh, there any questions, comments, or edits for the July minutes? Seeing none, is there a motion on the floor? Andre, this is Dave again. I'll take that as well. A motion to approve the minutes from our July meeting. Right. Thank you, David. Is there a second? Second. This is Jackie Furtado. I second that uh, motion. Thank you, Jackie. Roll call vote. Deanna Peabody? Aye. Christy Dowd? Aye. Kles Andreasen? Aye. Jackie Furtado? Aye. David Blumberg? Aye. And I'm an aye as well. 6-0, the motion passes. Thank you. Uh, next item on the agenda, we have uh, an A in our plan. Uh, it's also for the members of the public and approval not required plan for review at 73 to 79 George Street. So the applicant here owns two adjacent lots along George Street and is proposing to create three lots, uh, each one 5,000 square feet, feet in size uh, with 50 feet of frontage along George Street. Uh, with ANRs, uh, Board members know, members of the public may not know, this is uh, ANR stands for approval not required, and that's exactly what this is. And, and the board must approve as long as there it meets the, the minimum uh, zoning requirements. Uh, the lots appear to uh, to do so. They've been reviewed by the, the, the city engineer and building commissioner, and that they're uh, satisfied with the, the requirements. Uh, board members, you've had the, the chance to, to take a look at the materials. Uh, any questions that you might have? Seeing none, is there a motion to approve the A&R plan? Hi, this is Christy Dowd. I'll make a motion to approve the A&R plan. Right, thank you. There's a motion to approve the ANR uh, plan for 73 to 79 George Street. And Andre, I just want to correct the record there that uh, the building commissioner reviewed this, not the uh, city engineer. Yes, I miss I misspoke at first. Thank you. Um, is there a Andre, second to the motion? Andre, this is Dave. I'll second the motion. All right. Thank you, David. Uh, roll call vote. Deanna Peabody. Aye. Christy Dowd. Aye. Les Andreasen. Aye. Jackie Furtado. Aye. David Blumberg. Aye. And I'm an I as well. Six zero. The ANR plan is a uh, is approved for endorsement. Um, and uh, board members, now that City Hall is is open, uh, we will make arrangements so that you can come by to to sign the plan. We'll have it in the office of uh, community development. Thank you, everybody, and thank you to the to the proponents. Thank you. Uh, next item on the agenda is a continued public hearing for 278 Middlesex Ave. This is the proposed gas station at uh, the BJ's uh, lot, uh, continued from June 18th, 2020, as well as July 16th, 2020. Uh, the Community Development Board is the special permit granting authority for this project. Um, so let me reread the public hearing notice 
one moment. Um, Andre, this is Christy okay. Dowd. Um, I'm not sure if I should do this before you read the notice, but I did want to disclose that I work for Stantec and I just learned since the last board meeting that Stantec has been hired by BJ's to provide environmental consulting. So with that new uh, information, I am going to abstain from reviewing this project and participating any further in this review. So I am going to um, mute and stop my video for this portion of the agenda. Okay, thank you, Christy, appreciate that. Uh, public hearing notice uh, from, that was first opened on June 18th, 2020 of the Community Development Board. The Medford Community Development Board shall conduct a public hearing on Thursday, June 18th, 2020. That was continued to, into July and to today uh, at 6.45 p.m. via Zoom remote video conferencing relative to a special permit site plan review application submitted by BJ's Wholesale Club to construct a self-service fueling station within a portion of the existing parking area 278 and 0 Middlesex Avenue and allowed use in an industrial zoning district. The site is currently occupied by an existing BJ's Wholesale Club with associated surface parking and site improvements. The proposed facility will be comprised of a 200 uh, more or less square foot kiosk gasoline attendant facility with a canopy of 4,525 square feet and a six dispenser service pump island. A copy of the application may be viewed in the Office of Community Development Room 308 or on the city's website at uh, www.medfordma.org backslash departments backslash community hyphen development by clicking on current CD board filings. This time I uh, reopen the, the public hearing and I would like to invite the proponents to, uh, to present their revised materials and speak to their progress since our last meeting. Uh, yes, uh, good evening, Mr. Chairman and uh, members of the board. For the record, attorney Mark Vaughn uh, with the law firm of Reamer Bronstein uh, representing the applicant BJ's. Um, the, a few folks with us tonight. Could I just, before making any presentation, can I just ask a procedural question? Um, do you, um, I know you have a seven member board, um, and I understand a board member uh, is elected to recuse herself. Um, are the remaining six members? Um, present. I, I didn't know if you were, um, how many board members you, you have. I, I, the reason I ask is I know there's a, a special permit. So therefore, I, I believe we would need uh, the, the, the quantum of vote would be five out of um, the remaining six. Is that correct? So I just wanted to just, just understand if um, you only had five that would be present or? Yes, there'd be five voters. Uh, voting board members at this time. Okay, so what one member is absent this evening? Yes. Okay. Um, so um, I guess I'm just wondering whether it would um, behoove us to um, to continue the hearing if um, the board were willing. Just uh, um, I know this is all happening in real time right now, but uh, since we wouldn't have a full board and um, we're already lost one one board member. Um, I'm just thinking that that might be um, appropriate in this instance. Um, otherwise, um, 
we would likely need a, a, a unanimous vote of, of all five. Uh, not that I'm, right. yeah. Right, understood. Um, is, uh, and that is, we're happy to do so uh, if you'd like to request that at the, uh, if you would also like to take the advantage of the time that we're all here to, to uh, present your revisions and, uh, and progress. Uh, we could also do that before continuing. Might be uh, helpful to, to, to see if we've uh, gotten the issues that were raised out addressed. Okay, with, with the understanding that the board member not participating tonight would uh, be able to um, watch a tape of the hearing to be able to participate at the next meeting? Yes. Okay, because I think everyone's been at each of the prior two meetings, correct? Yes. Okay, um, so I um, guess I would, uh, I know we have my, my client, um, if we were there in real person, I would look over at my client and uh, uh, just confirm that that's acceptable, but uh, I, I think that's um, appropriate to um, go forward, but uh, I don't know, if Patrick, do you, um, or Austin, I uh, just would like to get their input. Annie, can you uh, unmute uh, Patrick? I think you're unmuted now, Patrick. It, somehow you're still muted on your end. We can't hear you talking. Thank you very much. There's too many mute buttons on, in, in the Zoom life that we all live. Um, that is fine, Mr. Chairman, with the understanding that, uh, that Mark outlined in terms of the uh, individual who is absent uh, being able to participate in the next hearing, we're happy to go through what we've put together for you tonight um, and we can uh, we can take it from there. So yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just want to sort of comment procedurally that Annie and I just discussed that we actually haven't had it happen in her memory for a community development board, but I will state that our Con conservation commission and zoning board have both felt that somebody could read up on the minutes and come up to speed on a meeting. And now that these are being recorded, it seems obvious that they could watch the recording and actually fully come up to speed on everything that transpired at the meeting. Um, yes, and I think that's what Attorney Vaughn was, uh, would like the board member to do and we'll make sure that happens. Okay, I, uh, is there any question that that can't happen with the Community Development Board? No. Or Okay. Okay. Uh, so sorry for all the procedural um, questions here, but uh, so now I guess to the, the substance. So um, I'm, I don't have much to say, Mr. Chairman. You'll probably be pleased to hear that. Um, I think that, um, you know, we did submit some revised materials a couple of weeks ago uh, to the board. Um, I, I, you know, I, again, I, I think everyone here is familiar with the project. It's a, uh, a retail a gasoline station that BJ's is looking to provide within um, its parking lot. Um, we have shown that, um, you know, the parking supply would be more than adequately met from a zoning in a practical perspective, uh, even with uh, this utilization of a, of a portion of that parking lot for this uh, use. There were some uh, questions that had come up at the prior meeting or, or meetings that we had that uh, we have uh, tried to incorporate all of that feedback and um, put it into the revised plan. I think what I was going to do is ask Austin uh, Turner, who is um, with Bowler Engineering, 
to uh, present to the board what changes uh, we have made. And I guess the only thing I would um, mention is, so again, to remind the board, the, the project is uh, under zoning, it's allowed by right. So the, the use itself is, is a by right use, uh, but as a major project, quote unquote, it does require the uh, special permit with site plan approval by the uh, community development board, which is um, why we're here. But I think the use is very much consistent with the surroundings in terms of what's out in and around that area. Um, you know, I, I hope the one thing that does come across um, is that we um, have tried to be very attentive and responsive to the uh, feedback that we've received. And I, I think it's made for a, a better plan. So, um, but as opposed to being uh, repetitive here, I'll, I will turn it over to Austin and he can walk you through that if that's okay. Thanks. on a moment while we get you unmuted. There you go. Uh, good evening. Annie, thank you for allowing me the pleasure of my voice in the virtual world. Um, so what I'm, as Mr. Vaughn mentioned, what, we've made a, a number of updates based on all the feedback that we've received from, from these hearings. And frankly, they've been very productive. And I think you'll see that the site plan has been improved as a result. So uh, I'm gonna share my screen if that's possible. And I will show you what we're doing here. Can everybody see that okay? Uh, it says you've started screen sharing. Oh, there it is. Yep. Come up now. So I've got what, what you're looking at here is, is an overview of, of the property. I'll give you a, kind of a big picture and then I'll, I'll, I'll dial into some of the specifics. But um, we've made a number of different site plan updates and improvements resulting from these conversations, as I had mentioned. Um, as you can see, we're, we're introducing some changes and some improvements to other portions of the site which aren't directly related to this specific set of improvements associated with the fueling station. Um, one of the most significant, and I, and I believe, I'm just going to zoom in here, um, so I believe it was Member Blumberg who mentioned the, the queuing and there were some questions about how that functioned and specifically asked some questions about how we had it if you recall an intersection if you can see my cursor circling we had an intersection there which was going to be a two-way traffic intersection um, and he had expressed some some feedback some, some candidly very very good feedback and that we've incorporated in response to that we've, we've made an improvement to the site plan so what we've done is this driveway here that I'm, I'm pointing to was originally a two-way access drive. It could accommodate inbound and outbound vehicles. We've eliminated the outbound movement from this driveway. It is an in only now. Um, and really what that does is it, it further exaggerates the, the queuing and the vehicle flow through the fueling station that was already as part of the plan. But it, it reinforces the one-way circulation pattern. And you can see here as, as the fueling station is arranged, vehicles come in, move to the right, and then can filter into any number, any one of the, the fueling positions of which there are 12. There are six pumps and 12 fueling positions, which, which really is intended to, to benefit the customer, provide for an efficient fueling operation where you don't get queuing or, or, or stacking at pumps. Now that proceeds in a counterclockwise fashion. So as you come through, you take a left, again, in a one-way driveway, in the previous version, you would be able to come out, take that immediate left again, 
come out and then exit. Now, as was expressed, there was some concern about this intersection becoming a little bit cumbersome or perhaps having conflicting movements. In response to that, we've closed it off and, and really we've put in a very, very large landscaping island. So that has the benefit also of, of further defining and reinforcing the intended queuing and vehicular travel movements, but also provides a, a fairly substantial additional landscape on where we've all seen and we were talking about earlier, did not exist in, in this parking lot before. So there's an added benefit beyond just simply the, the vehicle flow movement. So that, that was a, a substantial upgrade that was made. Um, you can see we've, we've added and continued to maintain the, the sidewalk. So we, we are maintaining and incorporating the pedestrian connectivity from Middlesex Avenue. We, we heard some feedback about uh, that not being um, as pedestrian friendly necessarily. So, so what we've done is we've introduced a landscaping strip in front of that sidewalk to provide some additional buffering from the parking in the drive aisles to that sidewalk um, and that will be planted as well. So you get some buffer both from a landscaping perspective. It also puts the sidewalk a bit further separated from vehicular traffic movements. Um, as, as has been previously discussed, our limit of work for this project remains entirely within the paved surface that exists today. So that sidewalk would not extend beyond the curbing that is out there today. With respect to the front door here at the entrance, as you recall, there was a significant amount of discussion related to the driveway, trying to improve the geometry. Uh, so we're, we're reconstructing the sidewalk along the project frontage. We're improving the accessibility features there and bringing that in conformance with current standards. Uh, and then internal to the parking lot and on the perimeter of the parking lot, what we're doing here is adding a number of different landscaping features. I think the most substantial and beneficial of which is going to be um, some significant improvements to, to the boundary of the property between Woodruff Avenue. Everybody I'm sure is familiar with this. Um, the vegetation that's out there doesn't appear to be thriving. In fact, some of it appears to be, be dead, frankly. And, and where a buffer may have existed once upon a time ago, we're gonna reestablish that. So we're putting a number of different plantings in here to create a dense vegetated stream on the outside of the fence, which is still on the property that is, is retained and is part of the Beach Haze program. But not only will it screen the fence, it's going to create a, a nice vegetative buffer between Woodruff Avenue and the property. What's also shown on here, and I'm gonna turn this over to, to Sean Kelly from Vanoss in, in a few minutes, the applicant is committing to the inclusion of approximately 1,300 feet of improvements to Middlesex Avenue related to the inclusion of bike lanes. We, we had heard a lot of discussion ab about, about this, and, and I think one of the words that we heard at our last discussion uh, was holistic, and, and we had taken that to heart. And you know, not only are we making some substantial improvements here on the property, which are going to have a benefit to the community, including the enhanced pedestrian connectivity, the screening improvements, but something that has resonated with us and has been discussed at length, both with the board and the technical professionals who are involved in this project were improvements to Middlesex Avenue and the you know, community's desire to try and improve this, this corridor. 
So Sean's going to speak to you in a second, and I'll keep my screen up when he does. I have an exhibit on my screen, which is going to show the extent of those improvements. But this is approximately 1,300 feet of offsite improvements that the applicant is agreeing to implement, provided DOT, of course, is comfortable with those improvements. And it's, it's really providing a substantial link in, in the proverbial chain, if you will, uh, of, the, of the corridor improvements that, that we know the city has been, been working on for a long time. So we, we think that's a, a pretty significant benefit and something that we're, we're excited about. I know Mr. Natriba has also been working very, very closely with, with the, the owner of the property, with his counterparts uh, at BJ's with respect to some potential other improvements uh, related to electrical vehicle parking. Uh, I, think, I think he's come to an agreement there. And I'd, I'd love for him to have an opportunity to talk about some of the things that he's uh, been able to accomplish there. And if you could, if you could unmute Patrick for a moment, please. There we go. I think, uh, I think I'm back on there. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate that. Um, yes, in consideration of the things that we heard from uh, various members of the board at our last hearing, we've made an arrangement with a um, charging company to offer EV charging at this site, whereby we will have several um, stalls for folks to come and charge their cars. Uh, we're working out the details with that entity right now, but we would like to add that here. And uh, we think that will be a, a real good, good benefit to the community and something that uh, something that will really make make club number one here for BJ's and Medford shine. And uh, like we said at the beginning, that's something that we take a lot of pride in and we want to make sure that, uh, that this is a, a, as close to a flagship store as, as, as we could make it, given the fact that it's, it's 30 something years old. So, um, but with that being said, Austin, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you um, for the rest of the, the details. Thanks, Patrick. Um, so be before, before I flip it over to Sean Kelly to talk about some of the specifics relative to the, the bike lane improvements and some of the additional analysis that he's done in response to some of the feedback that we received at the last hearing, uh, I, I'd like to ask the board if there's any specific questions or thoughts you'd like me to address uh, immediately with respect to some of the things I just talked about. Hearing, hearing none, should we flip it over to Mr. Kelly to talk about some of the traffic items? I, I don't know, Andre, if it makes sense to talk now or to wait till the end to, to, for overall comments. Yeah, why don't, we, why don't we wait till the end of the presentation and then we'll take some board member questions and comments. Um, we're going to have a curtailed process tonight anyways. Okay. Um, so, if, and I don't know if you already have, but Sean Kelly is probably eagerly awaiting the, uh, the power of the unmute button. I think I'm muted. If you guys can hear me, yep. Yeah, there's Sean. Um, so, uh, good evening, Mr. Chairman, members of the board. Um, again, Sean Kelly with Vanass and Associates. Um, so, I think the first thing I'd like to speak to tonight is a plan that we put together um, in response to comments we received from the city's traffic engineering department. It's a um, it's a it's a plan to to provide bicycle lanes or or shared you know bicycle uh, vehicular accommodations along Middlesex Avenue. Um, you can see the plan here. Is my cursor active, Austin, or is? 
Uh, I have control over the screen, but if you want to, you want me to, you want to share the screen, you can, John. Oh, oh no, no problem. So basically, the the plan, and, and we worked with Todd Blake um, from your engineering department to get some feedback as to what he was looking for, and and the plan essentially, as you can see, is to from the from the city line to the north um, to have a buffered bicycle lane, exclusive lanes with the with the painted you know buffered area. Um, that would extend to 1st Street, and then from 1st Street down to 5th Street, um, do a, a, a shared accommodation. And, you know, we've, we've agreed that if, as long as SDOT is on board with these, you know, these provisions, we're, we're more than happy to provide them. Um, so I think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly advance the design as part of our highway access permit application. And if they're on board, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll certainly um, look to implement this measure and, and you know, fund it. Um, the other, I guess there was also, um, some discussion, you know, at the last meeting, there was some concerns that were raised by, um, the opponents of the project relative to the, the traffic engineering and, and how we came up with our projections for traffic flows and what have you. And, um, we have since then gone out and done some counts, um, we went out to an existing facility in, in Stoneham, Massachusetts. We did some counts during the morning peak, uh, during the evening peak, during the Saturday midday peak because uh, ultimately we wanted to get a handle as to what the actual traffic at these, these BJ's facilities, um, you know, ultimately uh, perform. What we found was that the morning traffic was actually lower than, than what we projected. Um, it was quite a bit lower. It was about um, 30 customers an hour. The evening projections were, were almost, almost dead on, you know, within, you know, three to five cars, um, customer trips. And then Saturday where it was a little higher, um, it was in the order of about 50, 50 cars, 50 customers per hour higher. Um, we've gone through, redone the, the analysis, looked, calibrated all Saturday works with the higher customer traffic and ultimately didn't, didn't change the findings to the study. Uh, but, we, but ultimately, the, I think that the important thing is that the data we collected that in Stoneham showed that the, the traffic generation projections were accurate. Um, that the, the internal capture, particularly in, in terms of how much was was coming from customers that were already at BJ's, was accurate. It was in the you know the forty five to fifty five percent range, um, and ultimately, even even though Saturday was a bit higher, we we rerun those analyses and it shows that the you know the the, the, the um, you know the the final analysis is, is still valid. The impacts are minimal. Um, so, I, you know, in terms of traffic, I think that's that's really the the thrust of it tonight is that we've you know we've we've responded to the city's comments relative to the improvements on Middlesex Avenue. And then we've, we've looked at the traffic generation at similar sites and it's, it's confirmed the findings of the initial study. Um, and happy to answer any questions anyone has. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. Is there anybody else on the project team that uh, is going to be speaking? Uh, no, I, I think that's it for now. Mr. Chairman, certainly we're here to answer any questions or uh, comments you may have, but uh, again, just to conclude, uh, this is Mark Vaughn for the, the record. Um, you know, I, I hope that you can, you know, hopefully see from the totality of uh, what we're talking about. We did um, listen intently to, you know, what we think the board's desires were to, you know, see what we could do to provide some more, you know, global uh, improvements to the area, you know, recognizing that we, you know, we can't, um, you know, fix everything that's out there in terms of, you know, traffic or whatever it might be on, on Middlesex Ave. But I, I think that was acknowledged early on that, you know, that wasn't something that we were going to be in a position to, to have to address. But I, I think certainly there's a significant improvement overall that uh, we're providing here to the 
total site and uh, the project in general. So thank you. Certainly appreciate your efforts. Um, is there anything in the letters by city department heads um, that you believe you're not going to be able to comply with? No, Mr. Chair, this is Austin Turner from Bowler. Uh, with respect, I know we received the engineering letter. I, I didn't see anything in there that we haven't already discussed with Ms. McGivern uh, already. Um, and many of those things just are, are seeming like suggested conditions rather than they are anything that we can't commit mm -hmm. to or aren't willing to do already. So with respect to that, no, sir. Okay. Thank you. And I do know that uh, city engineer Tim McGivern is, is here. So I'm wondering if he could just take a moment to um, provide us with his, his opinion about these revisions. Uh, sure. Yeah. Basically um, from the initial review letter, everything's been satisfactorily addressed when it comes to the site utilities and requests that I made for some design changes. So I converted all of the, uh, remaining open items into conditions um, and it's just the, they're just you know reasonable conditions that are based off of uh, conversations that uh, we've had with the project via the letters uh, the, the the only thing that we're waiting on now is just resolution on the traffic related items um, and uh, just to uh, Todd Blake is here you could talk to them but um, I believe we just want a little bit uh, more time in the the fact that they're requesting the um, continuation is, is definitely acceptable to us too, so we can make sure that we have a full understanding of the proposal. Okay, would Mr. Blake like to, to say anything at this time or will he hold to next month? I don't know. Um, sure. I think he, oh, there he is, there he is. Um, yeah, I'll hold for official, but uh, it does seem like a vast improvement to the before and it does seem like they tried to address a lot of the uh, concerns we had and a lot of suggestions. So, right, thank uh, you. Looks pretty good. Uh, let me open up to questions and comments from board members. And just as a, a heads up, I think after the board members give their questions and comments, we'll close the, the, the hearing at that time since we're going to be continuing it to, so I won't close it, but we'll, uh, you know, continue it to, uh, to September. Uh, class, I know that you wanted to speak. Why don't you go first? Yeah, um, thank you. Um, I think my my biggest um, suggestion, concern, um, is the location of the dumpster. I think it could probably be in a better location instead of the front of the project. I mean, if you're trying to um, portray a good entry and, and – uh, Standing in Medford, uh, having the first thing you see when you come to the site being a doctor, and I know it's uh, I know it's landscaped around it, but that never does, quite does the trick. Um, I think now that you have that traffic island on the left side of the of the pumps, you could probably put the dumpster there, and uh, it might be a, a bit of a challenge with how the, the truck will maneuver. But I think it's a much better location. We'd be happy to take a look at that as part of. Uh forthcoming update. That seems like a, a more than reasonable request. Thank you, Class. Are there other board members that would like to comment? Yes, Andre. This is Jackie Potato. I just wanted to just reiterate um, what uh, has already been mentioned by other board members as well as um, 
the city engineer, Tim McGibbon. Um, I just wanted to thank the proponent for one, for even considering uh, trying to rectify the nuisance conditions and, and, and uh, provide additional benefits to the community in that area. While we recognize that not everything could be done, not every proponent would have um, taken it that uh, seriously. So at this point, I'm sort of, I'm also very, um, thrilled that this has been is going to be continued so that we can look at um, the resolution on the traffic. Um, that's where my main um, concern has been. But just with everything else, I, again, I just wanted to just uh, thank the proponent for all of these efforts. Great. Thank you, Jackie. Other board members have comments? Okay, hearing none. Uh, we need to continue to a date certain, so let's figure out what that will be. Um, I believe we have, uh, so we have September 10th, uh, 16th, 17th are all possibilities. Um, is there a preference among board members or be inclined to do September 10th. Alicia and, and Annie, um, any, any thoughts? Annie, do you want to talk about scheduling and other agenda yeah. items? So basically if the board would prefer to start breaking things up and having two meetings in a month so that things aren't all the same night in quite so long, then the 10th would be great. Um, the board is likely, well, I think actually we now know is going to be required to have a meeting later in the month because there's another item coming from the city council with one of those required, must be advertised, we can't get it advertised for the 10th, um, must be heard before a certain date. Um, so it's going to need to be heard during the later weeks of September. Um, would uh, so 16th? I'm just putting it out there. No. The 16th would be fine as long as we get the advertisement in tomorrow. Is that correct, Annie? I know Annie was having trouble. Uh, with the 10th would also be okay with the ad in tomorrow. The 10th and the 16th are the same advertising okay. dates. So okay. And if, the, if we did, were to do the 16th, would we be able to catch the other item that you were referring to? Actually, or would we still it sounds have like you could do it the 10th. I misunderstood Annie earlier when she was giving me the dates for the newspaper. It just means that she has to put the ad in the newspaper for the other item tomorrow. Okay. Um, yes. uh, of the board I members, are you able to attend on the September 10th, the Thursday? Do we know uh, anything about the scheduling for the board member who's not present? Do not. I do not. Andre, if it has to be a date, sir, and I am not available on the 10th, but I can become available. It's just, um, it's sensitive for me right now. Would the 16th be better for you? Uh, definitely. Okay. Uh, how does the 16th sound then for, for everyone? Sounds good to me. Fine. Okay. Let's go with uh, September 16th then. So. Is there a motion on the floor to continue the, the public hearing uh, on the BJ's project to Wednesday, September 16th? 
Andre, this is Jackie Potato. I propose a motion to um, continue the Middlesex Ave BJ's gas station proposal uh, project, proposed project to hearing. Yep. Hearing uh, to uh, Wednesday, September 16, uh, 2020. Right. Thank you. Is there a second to the motion? Uh, this is Deanna. I'll second. Thank you, Deanna. Roll call. Quest uh, uh, Andreasen. You went out of order. You tricked me. Aye. I know. Well, Christy is recused, so. Was that a yes? Yes. Okay. Uh, Jackie Furtado. Yes. David Blumberg. Yes. And myself. Is that everybody? Uh, Deanna, yes. Oh, Deanna, there you go, up front, uh, and myself. So that's uh, five zero. The motion, uh, the hearing is continued to September 16th. Thank you very much for coming to present tonight and uh, appreciate your, your efforts to improve the project. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Next item on the agenda is another continued public hearing. Uh, for the Winthrop Estates Definitive Subdivision. And it is a combined public hearing for the definitive subdivision approval and special permit for site plan review. Let me hear the, let me read the public hearing notice. The Medford Community Development Board shall conduct a combined public hearing on Thursday, July 16th, 2020 at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom remote video conferencing relative to a revised definitive subdivision plan and special permit for site plan review application submitted by Waypoint Development. The project includes the creation of a roadway and 10 lot subdivision as shown on plans entitled Winthrop Estate Subdivision 541 and 551 Winthrop Street, Medford, Massachusetts, prepared by Design Consultants, Inc., dated February 8th, 2019, and revised June 24th, 2019, September 5th, 2019, and March 20th, 2020. An earlier version of this application was denied by the Medford Community Development Board at a hearing on September 11th, 2019, but upon appeal has been remanded to the Community Development Board in light of additional information submitted by the applicant. Plans may be viewed in the Office of the City Clerk, Room 103, the Office of Community Development, Room 308, or on the City's website, at www.medfordma.org slash department slash community hyphen development by clicking on current CD board filings. Thank you again, if anybody would like to, uh, members of the public uh, wish to, to weigh in remotely, they can email questions and comments to ocd at medford-ma.gov or via phone to 781 393-2480. That's 781-393-2480. Thank you. Oh, I will now reopen the, the public hearing and would like to address, ask the applicant to present uh, the additional information that's been submitted since the last meeting. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, members of the board. Uh, my name is Ed Champion with Waypoint Development. We're the owner of the site, uh, Winthrop Street Estates. Uh, one item to address is that we did submit um, to the board care of um, 
the acting director, uh, Miss Hunt, uh, for a name that we thought was appropriate, and it was it was particularly came up during a neighborhood meeting. Um, so we've we've requested, excuse the background noise. Um, so we've requested a change of name, and that's form that's that's been formally submitted. Um, Mary Kenny O'Sullivan was an activist in the labor movement back in the early 1900s. We had originally thought Mary Kenny O'Sullivan, and then when you look at the apostrophe and all the letters, um, it the the final um, submission was requested at Mary Kenny Way, um, kind of you know play on words with the way, so to speak, because I think she lived the right way. Um, so, anyways, that's that's that was one of the things that we submitted. Um, for tonight, um, there were a couple of things that we left our last meeting with um, that I thought we would address, and, and one of which, which I think is the, I don't know if it was the largest item on the list, but after leaving the meeting, um, it probably stuck with me the most, which was um, when when uh, board member um, class had mentioned that it's up to us to show what the vision of the property and not people to read a plan and plan view and understand what it is. So um, we'll share those drawings and, and, and renderings. We've done them to scale so that there's no interpretation. Um, and, and I think that they, they give an accurate depiction of what we're trying to accomplish and, and hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll calm some of the concerns uh, in that area. Um, so there were, there were six different areas in total and, and in trying to be brief, uh, one was the pedestrian issues and and that comes with walking traffic and whatnot and concerns with the neighborhood. Um, both uh, Tim McGivern and Todd were, were on a neighborhood call yesterday with, with Mrs. Mayor and, and that was discussed. And, and we've agreed to not only do the sidewalk and the crosswalk to connect the corner of Lorraine Road over to um, the Winthrop Street side, but we've also agreed to work with the neighborhood to try and make a safer pedestrian way temporarily while Eversource is doing their work. So um, years ago, we had put Jersey barriers over there to, to help to help that um, with in conjunction with some of the DPW workers. I, I think it didn't help the problem, but I think we learned from it. So I think we can do a better job this time. Um, so with that, that's that's the pedestrian issues. And, and I think Todd and, and Tim are much more equipped to talk about it than I am, um, but we're happy to help and work with the team, um, coordinate any way we can. Um, next would be the renderings. And I think the best way to do is to show them. So if I could share a screen, um, I, can, I can put them up. I think I'm almost host host disabled. I can work on some other things in the meantime. On one you should moment. be able to Here share now. Yes, perfect. Thank you. Can you can everyone see the rendering? Yes, thank you. Okay. So this is a cover, cover slide and it'll back off a little from, from more, this, if this is considered a thousand feet, let's say the next one's gonna be at like 6,000 feet or so. I'm, I'm using numbers just as a guide, not necessarily as specifics. So this is the site itself um, where the, the right-of-way easement extension would be right in here, wraps along the site and services both uh, 553 and 555 Winthrop Street. Um, the cut in the site, runs around the perimeter and there's a vegetated slope as well as a um, 
the ashaki wall and there's vegetative slope in the bottom and vines growing over. I'm going to move to the slides because they'll show it better than my explanation. Uh, Mr. Champy, could you just, well, since you had mentioned the pedestrian uh, improvements, could you just point them out with your cursor uh, on this? Sure. So they're, they're, they're not drawn in here, but there's a, right. there'll be a uh, handicap ramp and a sidewalk right in here, and it will connect right across the street, and it connects into the sidewalk on the other side of Winthrop Street, and that's part of our plan and the definitive subdivision plan. Um, as part of the other neighborhood um, concerns, um, it was running, it was walking down this section here towards the gas station where um, it's a little bit depressed as far as, you know, it's concave from the edge of the road and it, and it stores water after rain to a certain extent. So the idea was that um, although Eversource is going to repave and there's a lot, a, a bigger plan for sidewalks in here, it was going to be that um, we're willing to, and of course it would require the approval of DPW and the engineering department to either put some temporary walkway in here of some sort, whether it's a um, asphalt binder or something that would just allow to, to, to give a dry um, a, a, or a, a space that's, that's outside of the watershed. Again, it's, it's something that we've agreed to do with the neighbors if, if, it's, if it's something that can be done, but um, we're, we're, not, we're not making the engineering decision on our own, we're just offering to, to work with them. Um, this past, the past couple of weeks, we, we actually put some screen up on the fencing as a request of the neighbors. And we engaged um, some, some, some younger local workers to actually start cleaning and, and, and weeding the, uh, the sidewalk. And we had them go all the way from the high school all the way up past um, our site. And they'll continue through this section um, on towards Smith Lane. I think it's Smith Lane or Smith Road. It's up on the other side. Um, we also talked about... Um, you know, again, our willingness to do it, and it's a coordination of engineering and DPW, is if some, some temporary asphalt, if it's helpful to, to, to lay some sort of um, extension here so that there's a walkway towards, apparently from Smith Lane to Lorraine, there's some concerns that, you know, when people are walking with strollers or walking on the street, that they end up getting derailed into traffic a bit during, uh, if, if there's a rain day. I mean, of course, this summer, there hasn't been too many rain days, but I think the that with the fall coming, we'll probably see more of it. Is, is that sufficient? Yes, thank you. Okay. This is a, we, we expanded the view just to give a, some, some vision of where it is, where, where the site is, the soccer field that's behind it, and, and the high school itself. Um, and this is the area of the sidewalk where we're starting here at the entrance to the high school and running down. And this is this is the Smith Lane. So we're going to we'll, we'll, we've committed to the neighborhood that we will take care of that section of sidewalk on um, from now and, and until we're completed with construction totality. Um, the replacement of the sidewalk will be from the lot limits in front of the site. Of course, if we damage anything, we replace it beyond that. But we don't anticipate being anywhere anywhere besides beyond that. Thank you. Okay. So again. We're getting into the renderings now. It's a 10 lot subdivision. Um, and I'm gonna pass this slide because I, I don't think it adds to the process. So this is the general site. Uh, we did actually draw the houses and um, after working with the architect and they took a shot at like the modern, modern uh, farmhouse design, um, we, we started thinking that it was, it was, it started exciting us a little bit to be honest with you about, about what the site could be. There is a slide in here that has no homes on it, so that the perspective that that uh, Boydmer McClaws asked for uh, will show up here. This is the view from Lorraine Road. 
Um, on the left-hand side, uh, running up this is where the extension of the right-of-way is. Um, the street trees and whatnot block quite a bit, but they're they're a requirement, and they are as proposed on the plan. Um, and you can and you can see the 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 view from the Lorraine Road side. This is the view from Lorraine Road if there are no houses and no street trees. Uh, I refrain from putting the street trees on, even though they're part of the the road design, because I didn't want to cover it. And and so it shows. Um, a change in elevation with the stone wall, which we talked about, um, and I have some more detail to add on that. The change in elevations that would be, you know, yards or grass or plantings or whatever people choose to have. Uh, the vegetated slope, which is a one-to-one -one or one-to-two, depending on the area that you're looking at. Um, and then from at the top of the vegetated slope, there's the, there's the shock creek wall. Um, and growing down from the shock creek wall is some sort of, 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 um, vegetation and it's um, the expectation here is that we're showing like a three to five year growth um, we we think that we won't you know the, the houses will be sold and done in the three-year time period and, and we think it'll be grown in fully at that point uh, if you work your way around um, this is this this section of ledge and I'll show it later with the houses we zoomed in on it and we gave a height it's it's approximately 40 feet tall from the very bottom, not including, and that's including the vegetative slope. Um, and then you work your way around, and you can see where the um, where the the right of way extension comes in and drops into what we'll call Mary Kenny Way for the for for the time being, um, and then allows that traffic to come in and out. Um, I think it's going to be a benefit when we've talked to one of the neighbors, um, and I'll call her Miss Shria because I can't her last name is is extensive, um, and you know she had mentioned that driving on and off Winthrop Street from that from their current right away that getting out onto that road is tricky so uh, so we think this will be a big benefit for that and and we've supplied uh, the documentation to the neighbors for the easement allowing their council and whatnot to review it but um, they have everything they need um, for the right away itself this is if you're traveling east which is a similar direction that we showed in the sketches. However, we think this is a, a better way to depict it as far as showing what's, what's going on. This section of, vege of vegetation in here um, is something that we are gonna make part of the HOA, which is adjacent to the sidewalk, so it'll be maintained. Uh, this is the view facing west. This stone wall has been a discussion. Um, I've got some landscape plans that add to it. And what we did on the landscape plan is we called out two things. One is what we kind of want it to be, which is a medium-sized stacked wall of some sort. Um, we've also wanted to reserve the right to make a natural stone, um, depending on how much flat quality stone comes out of the blasting. Um, but what we also did was we, we uh, denoted what, what it could not be or what it would not be. And um, without using a brand name, right, it's a big block wall, like, you know, the big commercial style, even though they have a rock face to them, they look very industrial, so we qualified that it's, it's got to be below like an 18 by 36 size. So you could get two foot by one foot blocks or whatnot so that it would fit within the scale of a residential environment, especially where it's so close to the sidewalk, we think the size matters. Uh, and that is on a plan that was submitted, and the notes that I'm describing are on the plan as well. Um, I believe they were, they were clouded and called out so that they wouldn't be, that, that it, would be it would be clear. This is driving into the cul-de-sac itself. Um, 
there's the island um, and and the houses surrounding it. The house straight on is the one that's adjacent to the the ledge that we talked about. Um, so this and and I'll, I'll show that I'll show that slide in a second. This this slide shows a couple of cross sections that we're showing, and these cross sections were were primarily done to to show. Um, what the what the wall would look like if you were perpendicular to it, and if and if you were in a cross section. Although it's it's a bit of a of a of a view that you would normally take if you were a professional. I think it was based on the conversation with um, with the board last meeting. I think that this makes this answers a few questions. So when we go to page ten, we're going to see this cross section, and we go to page eleven, we're going to see this cross section. And this is uh, Ms. Shreya's house right here, 555 Winthrop. And this is 553 Winthrop. So this is the cross section in the backyard of Law 5. Um, the expectation is a patio, small grass area, low retaining wall under four feet, vegetated slope, the wall itself, and the hanging lines. And this is the cross section of what it ends up looking like. This is the cross section, which is 90 degrees from there, um, where 553 Winthrop and 555 Winthrop are directly to the left. Actually, 553 Winthrop is, is where my cursor is up here. Um, the expectation is that there'll be, at this point is that you're, you're looking, you're, you're seeing some rooftops, but you're actually not looking into the buildings themselves. And there's a little bit of, di of uh, distance between this fence and, and then there's a right away, and then there's the front yards. Um, what I did here was Medford, based on the zoning, is allowed you know the the height of the building, and you know the building commissioner, of course, would have to approve the plans and whatnot. Um, but it's a 35 foot mean height of the roof, I believe. Um, and you know, so that roof probably stands. The peak of the roof probably is at 38, 39, or 40 feet. And if you go from that same top of retaining wall up to the top of the of the, uh, the the ledge wall of shot creek, it's 40 feet. So scale wise, again, the buildings are gonna be equal to that height. Of course, you'd be 250 feet away from it when you're looking at it, unless you actually lived in the house, then you'd be, then you'd be much closer, of course. And just a question, Mr. Champy. The, um, I don't see in this, and this just could be because it's not there, is the fencing at the top of that ledge? Is it is up there. Um, you can see it in here. Yep. So it could just be at the angle we're at. We're looking right over it. Yep. But it will be at, it'll be close to the edge, I'm assuming, of the ledge. Um, can you see the site plan here? Yep. Okay. So the, the, the fencing itself is set back from the from the very top because there's like a there's Got a it. small slope prior to getting in. So you there's a small slope there where you're prior to. Okay. And there's also a guardrail that's coming down around the on the right of way itself. Mm -hmm. And then this is this is a close up of of um, behind behind lot five where the, where the of, of what the what the wall will look like when you're sitting in the back patio. The vegetative slope, the wall. I mean, it's we've been clear in our in the HOA documents as well as um, the discussions with 
uh, Mr. McGibbon, on, on what the requirements are for what's being maintained by the HOA versus the homeowners. And, and this vegetative slope is, is, is within the HOA responsibility and it's enforceable. So that's the, the, the renderings themselves. Um, the wall itself and the landscape plan, and because I think this is um, duplicate, and, but at the same time I wanna show it um, just to make sure that we're understood. So there's a, this, this fence that's on the top here, we anticipate that being by owner. Um, it'll be part of the package that we're selling, um, especially if we're building the house. This segmented wall, this is where it talks about limitate, limiting the, the size of the stone so that they don't end up being too large. Um, this, this is part of the landscape plan showing the lighting plan with, this, with the street lights, and that, that's more of a, an, an engineering decision than, than it is appearance. Um, and this was one of the segmented wall, typical installation of, of what we see as far as the size of the stones being. You know, these in this case are probably six or 12 inches high and maybe 30 inches long. So we wanna make sure that it's, that it's adequate and reflecting that it's a residential um, subdivision. And, uh, Thank you. Okay, I think that that covers the, um, we, we did submit our blasting plan and um, I think during the neighborhood meetings and even in my, my private conversations with neighbors, um, blasting has been a, is a big topic. Um, mm -hmm. So we've talked about expanding the, the uh, pre-blast survey. We've got a numerous extra names on the list and, and we're gonna adhere to that. Um, there's a few other things with re relative to the blasting, which is you know, uh, seismic meters and whatnot. So there are, they are already placed around the site when you're doing the blasting but we've, we've agreed in a couple of cases to actually put some extra meters out there. Uh, last, in, we're planning to be at half the legal limit, which allows to make sure that we never approach the legal limit. Um, so, and, and that's what we've done prior to, so I'm not suggesting it's gonna be any less, it's just it, we are explaining that it is a controlled environment and we have a fair amount of control over it. Um, neighbors that are immediate, 525 Winthrop, which is just to the right was the closest probably to any of the blasting. And um, we, haven't, we haven't heard from that neighbor, but we've done mailings and whatnot, but I, th I think it's a, a rental. So um, it's not the same amount of participation that we'd expect from homeowners. Um, and we had a neighbor's meeting last night where a group of neighbors came on, as I mentioned earlier. And then lastly is the right of way, which we've submitted to the neighbors for 553 and 555. There's been um, interaction between attorneys on, on 553 uh, Winthrop and uh, Shri and I have talked many times and we talked again today. So we'll, we, we believe we're in good shape. Okay, thank you. Well, these visuals I think were, are, are very helpful and I appreciate your, your efforts in um, getting those done. Uh, so we have a few things to cover. Let me, uh, I'd like to open it up first with, uh, to the city engineer, Tim McGivern, to uh, provide his overall uh, opinion and comments on, on the project and what's been presented. Sure. Uh, so at this point after, um, and touch on any outstanding issues that you think are maybe there. Sure, yep. So basically, 
after three rounds of going back and forth with information and discussion, um, the most recent memorandum that I put together for the board uh, boils everything down to a set of conditions, basically. Um, the items that um, the, the, the board may wish to discuss further that were on here but weren't necessarily discussed to a closeout level, I didn't feel, um, were any additional pedestrian uh, accommodations to up to the high school. It was discussed, but there was really no conclusion on it, so I just left it in here. Um, then um, I put a recommended condition in here regarding what the homeowners association is going to have control over. And I just would like to note that um, I believe one was just brought up that I did not have on my list. And that was the vegetated area between the, the driveway, the private driveway going through the site and the, and with the tree itself. So um, that should be added. Um, a lot of conditions regarding construction and uh, inspections. So just so everybody knows, one of the things I'm requiring of the project through a condition is a detailed inspection schedule based off of uh, this board's regulations for subdivisions. So the city needs to provide um, a reasonable level of inspection for the utility installations and the roadway installations. Um, so that's something that will have, all that will happen through this board as well. Um, anything else outstanding? Let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Oh yeah, there was one, all, every single plan revision except for one was made and it may have just been an oversight, but the sewer services for um, 553 and 555 Winthrop Street, um, I requested that they be placed on the plan. They were not placed in the plan. The final set of plans should have those services on there. Um, I don't, I don't think that they need to be relocated or removed. They just need to be protected during construction uh, unless they're in a spot that, that, you know, isn't shown on the record plans. So uh, just that, just they need to be protected. And so we need to know where they are. So they should be on the plans that everybody looks at. Um, one second here. Uh, da, 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 da. That's about it regarding conditions um and you know a lot of it is just basic stuff like they need a, the the contractor installing the utilities needs to be a licensed train layer in the city um they should submit a road control plan to the board of health and uh the only other thing i think is worth saying is that the, the set of plans that i reviewed this final round only included revised sheets and i believe they're also working on the landscaping sheets the final set of plans should be uh, all of the sheets. Um, and then also another thing that's worth noting, I think too, is the cut and fill analysis is gonna be a, a large part of probably the cost. So anytime um, uh, the, there's a, a request for a bond reduction, they should do a, a refresh of the cut and fill analysis. So basically, so I don't have to do it. And we're using the same numbers and I can just double check the numbers, um, sort of a quality control type check. Um, Besides that, I, you know, like I said, everything else was turned into a condition. I think I got a um, 22 conditions in total. So, and I know there was some communication received today about one of um, one of those conditions uh, regarding the, uh, the right of way. And I do also understand that there's a couple of questions on the table for me regarding um, 
things like building permits and timing of those. So I'm more than happy to talk about those now, later, doesn't matter. Um, but probably the condition having to do with the uh, easement and the private driveway is worth a discussion. Yep. So uh, on, and Mr. Champy, do you anticipate any issues with uh, compliance with any of the, the matters that Mr. McGibbon has raised in his letter? I don't, I don't. And I, and I appreciate, I appreciate the list. A, a lot of it, to be honest, we would expect. Um, so, so I think it's normal course of business. The, the pedestrian route to the high school, which Mr. McGibbon had mentioned, wasn't quite closed out. You know, we, we did look at it, and, and um, if you'd like, you know, essentially that would, that would put a path either between 525 Winthrop and us. And if you'd like, I can share a screen showing where that would be. Or it would, it would give the right-of-way access um, on the other side. And I'll show you in a so we just, we're concerned. We just, you know, we've, we've been doing development for some time where uh, putting a path in an area like that, you know, it would be putting a path running up this side of the property. Let me see if the, I can zoom out one more. You know, in order to get to the high school, you would be traversing across the path. You know, you get into areas where they're, they're not well lit. Um, there's only so much space. We would be literally probably trying to get a neighbor to coordinate with us to create an easement in their property. Um, so we, we, we just think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult, um, difficult to ex to execute. And, you know, normally we're asked not to create, you know, five foot long, you know, nowhere to go paths and walkways. So, so, um, if, and, and I think running it up the right of way to actually, this is private property in here, Mr. And, and there's, there's just when we looked at it, there were a couple issues. I think if it was a 25-yard path that, that cut off a quarter mile, the kids would find it anyway. But my point is I, I think this is a, a fairly lengthy, aggressive path to put in, and it would probably end up having to traverse through the fells in order to be useful. So we're, we're open to discussion on it, um, but at the same time, we, we think it's, a, it's kind of a cool idea, but executing-wise, I think it's – Super tricky. Yeah, personally, my my preference is is not to to do that. But I don't know what uh, do any of the other board members have an opinion about that? There are any other paths that cut through from the high school into basically not down the driveway. There, there's a fence that's that's through here from this. There's, there's a fence that we that we don't own that's already up in this area. So we didn't notice any cut-throughs. There's, there's a small house up in the back here, and there, the road to get to it runs right next, is, is kind of where the gate to the Fellsway, so to speak, is. And it wraps up around here and tucks in, and then there are a couple of homes fronting um, Winthrop Street. At one time, we had all this, all this land under agreement, so we have title searches on all of it. When we were up there walking the sites and whatnot, we didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be a nice to have, but I don't think it's uh, completely necessary. Any other board member have an opinion 
This is Christy Dad. I just I agree with Place. I it would be nice to have, but I don't think it's necessary. I think it does appear from what Mr. Champy explained that it would be pretty challenging and probably impact a butters maybe more significantly than intended to get that done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Let's try to move through some of these other items that we uh, need to address. Uh, maybe one we can dispense with up front is the suggestion around uh, the name of the street, which we have to uh, approve. That's a uh, discretion of the community development board. So we have a, a recommendation that the street be named Mary Kenny Way uh, instead of Winthrop Estates. And part of the, the issue was to not have a street name that, that sounded uh, like other street names already existing in the city. And this Mary Kenny Way uh, does not, and it also gives uh, I think some recognition to a, a local resident who has had uh, an interesting history. And I don't know if anybody who uh, knows more about that history wants to say anything uh, about Mary Kenny. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, let me just stop. There you go. So I can see everybody. Great. I guess the only thing I would say about that is I think it's I'm I'm pleased that the name came about from a dialogue with the neighbors. So I think I think you know in my mind that's the right way to to do this. So thank you. Great. We're gonna unmute um, Chris Donovan, whose name is listed as user, to speak on this. It was actually his recommendation. Wonderful. Thank you. He's he's talking, but he's on mute. Yeah, now you now you're unmuted. Go okay. ahead, Mr. Dunneman. Uh, thank you. I think we have Doug Carr on the line. I think they did a little bit of sort of history deep dive on that, which I don't know if now's the time necessarily for that, but we're really kind of excited to maybe tie in a little of that history. It gives it some personality. Uh, I was listening to it a little bit earlier, and I and I and I thank uh, Ed for kind of championing. Um, some of the things that are going to be happening in that neighborhood, even as far as that road that you were talking about as a cut through. I think if we did something really beautiful on Winthrop Street, that whole walkway up to Midford High would be more grand and more uh, fun to walk up right now. It's really kind of a, a tough walk in that whole neighborhood, including the sidewalks that were mentioned. So I think um, that road, that sort of cut through road sounds nice, even as a local to cut through the high school, but none of the main doors for the high school are on that side. So unless the visioning committee for the high school kind of saw some value you know, in that, I'm not sure if that little side road. So these are the things that come out of sort of a neighborhood you know, understanding of that, you know, say exam example path, not that kids wouldn't use it and it wouldn't be fun. It may not be a good, but the high school would have to sign on for that as an example. But I think through some of the initiatives that, that Ed uh, was, you know, 
promoting that we can kind of do through these beautification project is to get the Winthrop Street beautiful and get that 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 that's frontage to be something where the kids are proud to walk up that thing. It's it's see and be seen uh, kind of thing. So there's a lot of of talk that we had last night. I won't bring it into this discussion because it doesn't necessarily have to do with 551. Um, but I think there's really good things going on between Eversource, the city, DPW, and we we made a lot of uh, forward strides. So that's why I'm championing a little bit of what what Ed and Waypoint are doing. Um, I'm glad you're holding them to feet to the fire for safety and uh, blasting and zoning, et cetera. But as far as the neighborhood, I've seen, we've seen some changes and we're really you know, happy to, to um, uh, at least me and some of the people that were uh, in some of these meetings to, to thank Ed and the, the mayor and, and Tim and Todd for meeting with us last night to moving some of this forward. So the ultimate goal is when this is finished, have a beautiful neighborhood. Um, you'll be dealing with the parameters and the sizes and the shapes and, and, the, and the zoning. That's what, what this is about tonight. But as far as the neighborhood, I think we're pretty happy that we're going to get this thing uh, cleaned up and, and all these advances are happening you know, soon. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Donovan. Uh, did Doug Carr, did you want to say anything about, uh, about Mary Kenny? Could we also get um, Chris's name and address for the record? It's Chris Donovan for Lorraine Road. Thank you. All right, Doug, you're unmuted, so uh, name and address for the record. Uh, Doug Carr, 124 Boston Avenue, West Milford. I don't have anything to add about the historical figure you're talking about. Um, okay. That's something I don't know much about. You get to learn more. Sorry to put you on the spot. I figured you might have something to say about it. I wish Ryan Hayward was here from the commission because I'm sure <laughs> I could tell her entire life story. Okay. Well, thank you. I'll just add uh, Alicia Hunt, the Acting Director of Community Development, Administratively, I did check sort of name, lists of names. We have official lists of all the names of roads in the city. There's nothing else that starts with Mary. I had the opportunity to run it by our fire chief who has been with the city for an extremely long time, just asking if operationally he would have, like could foresee any uh, confusion around such a name and he thought it was perfectly fine. Just that we, we kind of checked those boxes for the board. Great, thank you. So it seems like a, uh, I think a great suggestion. Uh, do any board members have uh, any concerns or questions about it? Okay, seeing none, let's move on to the next item. Uh, let's talk about the, the blasting plan for a moment. Uh, so we did see your blasting plan, Mr. Champion. I'm wondering whether you would be able to um, either provide the, the, the city with uh, a schedule of, of dates on which the blasting would or could occur, or alternatively uh, provide a, you know, a three-day notice to the city when they're going to occur, just so that uh, if any, uh, anybody, residents in the city or neighbors, um, you know, call that the city's aware that this is, this is going on. Yes, of course, and we'll email in flyer, um, and we'll be we'll be working very closely with Shreya, who's adjacent to the property. Okay, so do you prefer which of those two uh, approaches? Do you prefer just giving a three-day notice before it's going to happen, or do you think there'll be a, a calendar, an overall calendar you'll be able to provide? Um, 
I'm thinking, just thinking through that. I, I think that we can, um, I think we'll provide both. So I think what we'll do is we're going to provide a blasting schedule and then weather's going to augment that on us and, and we'll update the schedule. So we will, you'll always have at least three days notice, but the schedule will be moving. Right. Okay. Now, I just want to be clear that that would notice would be provided to the city such that if the city wanted to use the reverse 911 um, system, they could do so. Uh, if the school was in session, we would want to be able to notify the school. And frankly, people are working up there, even if, you know, school is remote. That's our administrative headquarters for the school system. Um, so that we should arrange that there's somebody official at the city that is notified with the intention of that notifying the school and doing a robocall to the, the broader area. And Alicia, would that be coordinated through your office or do you recommend somebody else? I, I Instinctively, I think that we can, that we could perhaps have Annie be the point person. Um, we'll just want to make a deep internal arrangements for how that would work. Um, but So let's say notice to the director of community development. Or her designee. Of course. And just to be clear, that's not necessarily coordination. Um, I understand you're coordinating that with Shreya and with others in the fire department. It's just notice so that everybody, we can ensure that people are properly noticed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, any board members want to weigh in on the blasting plan or does that sound like a plan? Uh, the next item. So with the blasting, there was, um, sorry, I always like to let the board members ask or speak first. Um, the plan was a very extraordinarily detailed uh, or long, but not detailed in terms of when it would happen. Like it talks about between certain hours on weekdays, but not how many times a week, minimum or maximum, um, not times of year. Uh, anything like that? Uh, do we have that information yet? So, so yeah, there's the there's two two scenarios, right? There's one is which the the blasting plan for main drilling and blasting, and then um, yes, we do have more detail on the blasting. So when I send you the schedule um, for the dates for blasting, it'll have that. We have, and um, I believe we have. Let's see the uh, twenty five percent of the days there'll be two blasts and 75% of the days there's going to be one blast. So when I send you the schedule, it'll depict that the blasting plan that you sent is more of a, a regulatory type document, um, which is probably why it's so long and says so little, but um, we can get more finite with, with the, with the information we provide with the dates of blasting. And then, and then the, uh, the notice on a three day window. And was there ever a request from the city that the high school be on the pre-survey list? I note that it is extraordinarily close, but outside the 300 foot radius. We, we didn't know, we did not have a request. Um, I apologize. That was sort of something that I re thought, realized yesterday when I was reviewing the uh, blasting plan, just how close this actually is to our high school. Um, would you object to adding the high school to the 
preset? No, I, I don't object. I'm, um, I, when I see the aerial of the size of the building, my heart skips a beat a little bit, but uh, I don't object. Okay. Because I, I don't know what the exact, what, what they'll do to survey a building like that. Um, but I, I, I don't have any objections. We don't want to cause any damage to the, to the building. Right. So I'll, yeah. I'll, call, I'll talk to Maine Drilling and Blasting and find out what, the, what that inspection entails and then work with someone on, on, on getting in and through the building because I have a feeling, you know, my gut would be that the survey of that building alone will take more than, will take a couple of days, I would imagine. If it's any help, we do not, do not have any current plans to put students in that building that, that until at least the end of September, I believe the end of October at this point. Okay, I'll put it on the list. Thank you. Great, thank you, uh, both of you. Moving on to the next item uh, that we should discuss. Uh, the, so the city engineer, Tim McGivern, uh, mentioned that the right-of-way uh, issue is still outstanding in terms of, uh, you know, sign off from those, uh, the grantees of those easements. And so I'd like to, uh, Mr. Champi, you mentioned that you've been meeting with uh, the abutters and can you just tell us in detail where that stands? Sure. So um, with, with um, 555 Winthrop, which is easier of the two discussions, uh, Shri had mentioned she, she sent me an email back saying we'll review it and we'll and we'll I, I think it actually said we'll review it and sign it. But I you know if she has questions we'd answer them of course and, and make sure. But she's comfortable with the project. I talked to her um, earlier today and and so I don't anticipate any any challenges whatsoever. Um, so so that's that's the easier of the two. Five fifty three Winthrop. Um, has a little bit of history with the site because the gas line feeding that house and the water line was traversing the property and it's registered land. So there's no adverse possession. Um, so when we requested that they move the water line, we ended up in superior court. Um, the prior city solicitor um, was, was also brought into the, the legal dispute um, and we ended up in land court. Land court um, wrote a, it wasn't an order. I, I, sub, I sub submitted it to the city. It was a, the land court had, had written back pretty much um, from what we, what we viewed at it, that it was, it was supporting the effort that you can't have adverse possession in uh, registered land. So we sat with the prior city solicitor in his office with, a, you know, three lawyers and a developer and, and a neighbor. And we agreed to, to relocate the waterline for the um, homeowner with the expectation that they would support the project uh, and that it was discussed that it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was in writing and, and whatnot. So about two months ago, we ran a new water line for them and um, we connected their house and in, in, with anticipation of these meetings. And then um, when we went to ask them to review the easement and the right of way extension, um, their response, was slow, and then at the end of it, um, what they suggested was, well, get it approved, and I'm paraphrasing, but these, I believe these words are specific, um, approved by the planning boards, and then, and then we don't, they didn't want to sign the right away prior to the, the planning board approving the plan. So we tried to encourage that it could be subject to the planning board approval, 
um, and they thought that it was just as easy to make the planning board approval subject to their approval. So we ended up in a dance. Okay. Um, and I think we have I, the uh, email uh, that came in today. Lorena, would you be able to read that? Do you have that? From Maria C. Mancini and Stefan F. Amato. Is that the one that you're referring to? Yes. Thank you. We live in 553 Winthrop Street. We kindly request that as a butters and part owner to the right of way in the proposed plan, our statement regarding the proposed Winthrop Estates be recorded. Recently, we were approached by Waypoint Inc. along with their attorneys and asked to sign an agreement that enables modifications to the right of way. While these proposed modifications appear to provide a positive safety-based benefit to us, we are not comfortable agreeing to any changes in writing at this time. We are also optimistic the state of the undeveloped land will change soon as it has been an eyesore to the local community for well over a year. However, we remain concerned and are frustrated with the communication from Waypoint. Our consternation having originated in 2016 when their work team inadvertently cut our water lines and subsequently declared that they would not repair the damage. This left our family of five with the youngest one years old at the time without either drinking or cleaning, clean water. The Massachusetts Department of Public Works stepped in to restore our water supply, and we remain entirely grateful for that, but there is still concern four years later, simply because we do not trust the Waypoint organization, nor do we trust their attorneys. During the last discussion mid in mid-2019, Waypoint stated that they would move the water pipes at no cost to us as long as the development got the green light to move forward. That was the last communication on the topic. Toward the end of May 2020, in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, Tufts Construction showed up at our home with the same person from DPW who, was, who had assisted us in 2016. The project lead at Tufts asked if we were aware of the proposed work starting that day. There was no notice from anyone. Over the course of two weeks from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., we had Tufts construction on our front lawn. They were entirely respectful, but blasting through granite and boulder to cause a noise to the level that both my partner and I could not meaningly participate in any work meetings for two weeks again. During the pandemic, um, where, where we were working from home is not a nice to have, I'm sorry. Um, during the pandemic, where working from home is not a nice to have, but a requirement, we are relieved that the water line is no longer the issue at hand. However, after the work was done, we were left with a front lawn that is on level to a point of representing a safety concern. We had our landscape company provide an assessment and shared that the front yard will require significant leveling since Tufts simply tossed dirt back on top and it has settled rather unevenly over time. We didn't hear from Waypoint through, throughout the entire process. Again, we look forward to seeing the development move forward. However, in terms of coming to any agreement to modify the right of way, 
we will need Waypoint to propose a solution that includes compensatory damages for our front yard and beyond that, a solution to properly shield our property from the housing development work to come. Um, thank you, Lorena, for reading that. Um, and I believe we've also received comments from the other um, grantee along the right of way at 555 Winthrop Street. So Lorena can read that as well. Thank you. Uh, so it's from Shreya Bhattacharya. I am a resident of 555 Winthrop Street and have been in dialogue with Mr. Ed Champy, the developer. I wanted to list some of the items that need to be done in this area before, during, after and after the construction process. Install temporary sidewalks from Smith Lane to Lorraine Road. Chris Donovan can elaborate. Install Jersey barriers from the gas station to Lorraine Road prior to and during the blasting process. A smooth sidewalk beyond the Jersey barrier would be helpful to pedestrians. Street sweeping and sidewalk cleaning has already begun in front of the construction site thanks to the collaborative efforts of Mr. Champy, the Medford Vocational Technical High School and Chris Donovan. It would be great if, if this were to extend all the way to the front of the high school for the sake of neighborhood sidewalk beautification. Blasting of the site, some neighbors, including myself, were concerned about the blasting of the site. Mr. Champy has offered to put an additional seismic monitors on adjacent properties like mine. He also has agreed to share the safety plan approved by the company's geotech engineers and the Medford Fire Department. Pre-blasting survey, the developers will work with individuals who want to get their houses surveyed prior to blasting, as well as families who were not happy with the nature of the survey conducted. And post-construction, Mr. Champy has agreed to pave the private way that extends from 553 um to Winthrop Street there is a dirt road that extends beyond this road and connects to Franklin Road Mr. Champy has offered to fill in this road with gravel as well as long as long as the property owners agree to it thank you for your time and the opportunity to voice our concerns and requests and then I have one last comment from Rob Cassano and family um, they didn't see I think they didn't include the, the address. I would like to weigh in with my thoughts and feedback since I did not attend this meeting. Just as a friendly reminder, many of us signed a petition back in 2019 regarding the 541 to 551 Winthrop Street development project. It clearly shows we all oppose the construction of the site and blasting. We also did not appreciate the lack of transparency from the developers and ever getting a straight answer from the city or the developer on what the actual development plans were. Unfortunately, the city engineering department approved the blasting and now Tim has approved it, the new road. The developer believes that because the road is approved and that they have gone with the first 
phase of the blasting that the neighborhood has no choice but to approve this development. My suggestion is the developer should be able to build a maximum of four homes and donate the rest to the city as a park or some type of community um, slash open space. How about the fact that with all the blasting and trees that need to come down to make this happen, how much the local wildlife, um, hawks, deers, bunnies, woodchucks, et cetera, is going to be displaced. One of the nice things of living in this part of Medford is the animal population. The city already has a major rat problem going on due to all the construction. This project will most likely add to that problem that is ongoing. Additional issues are parking, traffic, blasting, snow removal, amount of cars to get up the road and pest control. With the morning traffic caused by the high school, open parentheses, I know we are in different times right now with COVID, but eventually let's hope things will be back to normal with students attending school, close parentheses. It is already a daunting task to get out of our driveways and drive on Winthrop Street safely. What will happen when this development adds more than 20 cars up that hill and they need to get out of their development complex every day? It will back up traffic and create even more congestion. We have enough from those commuters avoiding Route 93 and cutting through uh, Winthrop from the surrounding towns and cities. Additionally, I would hope we do not want another traffic light on Winthrop Street. When all is said and done, this development will tax our infrastructure that is already depleting. The developer will be far gone with money in their pocket while the residents will be left without, with the fallout of more traffic, trash, noise, pollution, and flooding. If every developer is going to come to Medford and continue to deforest the area and overbuild, we will lose the character of the city and change the entire landscape. We must be patient and stick together and not approve this project as it will stand out like a sore thumb. The last time the blasting occurred, I lost my entire heating system and the developer was nowhere to, to, to be found or assist with my inconvenience. I had to call National Grid multiple times to help me, but everyone pointed the finger. With the size of a project, we should demand accountability and make the developer pay an amount that can be held in escrow, of, escrow for future issues. I had asked multiple questions during the meeting last month and they never were addressed. How are me and my family supposed to be on board with this when valid questions are not being addressed? The fact that this entire project um, from the get-go has left us out of the conversation and is still not addressing many outstanding questions or concerns um, for me. I would appreciate a reply on my many concerns. I know Chris has been working to bring us all together on this, but I also don't support things um, proceeding until all voices are truly heard and addressed. Thank you, Lorena. Uh, Mr. Champy, do you want to respond to any of those comments? Um, so I do recall the gentleman, at, I think it was at, at the neighborhood meeting or was at the last hearing uh, talking about the system repair and, and I had given my phone number and email for them to reach out to me. I mean, if, and, and to be honest, we've, we've got enough flyers that have gone out to the neighborhood that I'm, I'm surprised they couldn't reach us, but I, I don't think he didn't get a return call. I don't think he, I don't think he called us. Um, so with respect to some of his questions, I mean, 
I think some of them are, I, I understand their, their sentiment and the history of the site and, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate it, um, how, how it transpired. It, it was um, without reliving it, you know, I, uh, I, I wish it didn't take place as well. Um, with regard to, um, you know, Shreya, I think that her comments speak for themselves. So we're, we're a regular dialogue and every time she's called us or we've called her or emailed or whatnot, it's worked out really well. So you, what we're seeing is some, some neighbors that when, I, I don't think this is a difficult conversation. I just think someone has to call us for us to know to call them. Um, with regard to um, the Amatos, I think it's just going to be a matter of, um, you know, their attorney was active in the conversations in city hall that took place with the solicitor. So um, he had suggested that they, that we get approved pending and it's pending as a condition to get their, them to sign the easement. And, and I think that that's the process we're going to have to take. Thank you. And I'll just make a couple of, of comments uh, based on the comments that I've, uh, that we heard from, from residents that were read. Uh, one is that there are certain parameters that the community development board uh, needs to act within uh, legal parameters. So we, uh, you know, cannot be responsible necessarily for whether development happens on a private parcel or not. Uh, we are just tasked with making sure that all procedures are followed and that the, the design is as strong as it can be. Uh, you know, protecting the, the safety of the, the community and trying to get as, as good a quality uh, product um, as we can. And then the second thing I would say is that uh, we, the, neither can the board get in the middle of a, uh, of a, of a private issue uh, between a property owner and uh, uh, the developer. So uh, just to be clear what the that the public understands what the scope of, of what we what we can do and what our, our role and responsibility is in this whole process. Um, I also I wanted to have, correct the record that that uh, comment mentioned that uh, Tim McGivern had approved the road and I just wanted to correct the record that that is not something that has taken place. And maybe if you would like to speak to that, but. There's a, uh, I think we have a member of the public who's been unmuted, Robin. So um, good evening, actually. My name is Robin Stein and I'm with KP Law. We're special counsel um, to the board. So um, it's good to meet everyone this oh, evening. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. I had one question on, um, if it's okay, maybe you can just clarify for me on the um, this access easement issue. Is the relocation integral to this approval or is it just something that the the applicant and other folks would like to see happen for safety reasons? I'm gonna, so I think two, for one fold, it's an extension of the right of way and I, we, we think it's a, a benefit safety wise. And I'll let Tim speak to your other question, Tim. Okay. Yeah, and I will say just Robin, just so you know, the, yes. uh, the board has asked, you know, did ask for some modifications to that right of way. So to mm -hmm. increase uh, safety so that it wouldn't be coming out into the main road, but rather into the subdivision road and to, you know, grade it and, uh, uh, you know, improve the surfacing. So I guess the, the question I have, is it going to be a, does it need to be, or is it will be a condition of the subdivision approval that it get relocated? Uh, I believe it has to be so that 
I mean, I don't, I don't think the project can, can move forward without it. Someone, Tim. If, if this board approved the subdivision, which is the creation of those lots and um, the board would condition that approval on that agreement, then, you know, I, I understand we wanted to get down, but if, if they don't get the agreement, then right, you've conditioned the, the approval on the agreement. So, well, I, and my condition is sort of written that way too, and I, I admit that, uh, but if nothing were done and the uh, right-of-way wasn't moved, you basically are going to have a situation where you have a, um, <clears throat> an existing right-of-way that doesn't get relocated and it remains in the unsafe condition that it is today. That's what would happen. The idea is, is that um, while we're building this road and we can fix this uh, problem, let's, fi let's fix it and make that recommendation. But we can't force two private parties to make an agreement with each other. Um, so I think, <clears throat> you know, after sort of having that discussion today, realizing that um, if you put that on a condition, then, then, then you're kind of get, putting the cart before the horse a little bit because, right, they're saying that, that we're okay with the development um, and we want to see it happen, but we want all of these things, da, 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 da. but then if we condition it or if the board conditions it, then it's forcing that private party to then make that agreement prior to your approval. Um, so I think, you know, the, the do nothing approach seems to work here on this particular matter with the understanding uh, that um, the preference is to have that right of way fixed. And I think both, homeowners that use that driveway would agree that the way it is now is not good and the way that it's shown on the plans is good. So I think um, they seem to understand that. It's just a matter of tying this board up with something that it doesn't want to be tied up in. So th that's helpful. I just wanted to clarify because as you said, it, you know, it's possible that it could not happen and that this project would go forward without it. And so I, I just wanted to clarify my understanding of the condition. So that's helpful. Thank you. Yep. So do you have a recommendation, Robin, on how to word that? I, I mean, I, my, my preference is just that we're, you know, we're preserving through the plan, the uh, access of those abutters to the, the roadway with improvements. Um, so as I understand it though, it's not going to be a condition of this approval that it get relocated. It's everyone would prefer that it get relocated, but it's not, this approval is not gonna require that. It's not integral to the approval, correct? Um, that may be, uh, I, I'm not sure. I think sure. that's what Tim was saying. Yeah. Tim, is that? Uh, what, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm acknowledging the issue that was brought up today that um, the board may not want to get involved in a private, to, a private issue, which if you condition this development on that, then that's exactly what you're doing. Um, okay. So I think- so, I mean, I, I, think, I think if the applicant, well, I mean, I, I think- you could simply say something, um, you know, along the lines that, you know, there'll be no interfere. It, understanding that the board's not requiring the relocation, you just want to make sure that folks' interests are protected as they are. Um, I mean, you could say nothing, 
if the board was inclined to, it could say something along the lines that, you know, there'll be no interference with any existing private rights in the property. Uh, but I wanted to clarify what the board's goal was what, with the condition itself, which I think Tim has done. Hi, this is Christy Dowd. I, I just want to repeat back what I'm hearing as a board member. I'm hearing that the present condition of that access is not in an ideal safe state. And it's not the development that's creating that condition. But by way of the development, it would improve that condition and maintain access to those houses. So is that accurate? I think that is accurate. I, I think the question is whether yes. as how to word right um, is how to word it, whether we should be silent on the issue or um, to include language uh, you know that was mentioned um, about not interfering with existing rights. Well, is it enough to say that it just the development the only condition is that it maintains access to the to the, well, the, the thing I would want to add is that it, yes, it maintains access, but the big thing about the right of way to me was that it was emptying onto Winthrop Street and now it's emptying onto the new road. And I think that's, to me, that's the most important component of this. And that's the language I'd like to see. Like, do whatever you want, but this right of way can't continue to. Um, but I, I don't know how we would do that. Well, that's, that it goes to my point, uh, Klaus. Sorry for just jumping in, uh, Andre. No, go ahead. Uh, it, it, you know, the board didn't put the driveway there. Um, the driveway's there. It's an, it's an easement that was granted at some point in the past. I believe it was a very long time ago in order to provide access to those, those houses up there. Um, so there becomes a question of what the board can and can't do in this situation. I mean, that, that becomes relevant, right? Um, so, you know, while we all want that to be relocated and put on our new road, can we somehow stress that that's what the desire is, but with, without tying the project up with that private to private agreement? Um, because that's what's going to happen if you put that as a condition of the project. It's, and, and, and does the board even have a right to do that, right? I mean, that, that's also a fair question. Um, so right now it's a driveway. It's not a, people use the word right of way. It is a, it's a shared driveway. Uh, it's not a, 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 what do you call it, a paper street. Um, there's no way parcel associated with it. So it's, it's uh, traversing over private land uh, for a private driveway. That's what it is. So right now that's on Winthrop Street and it's not ideal. And, uh, but the subdivision uh, framework is basically allowing the creation of a brand new public way with the, the 10 lot uh, uh, building parcels, right? And we wanna bring that driveway in on that to make it as safe as possible. Um, but it's, it becomes down to one private company and one private landowner abutting each other. And the, the city has a, a stance of, yes, please do that, that is safer. But even can the city do that? So I think I've talked enough. Um, this, yeah. 
there's probably a way to, to frame this and, and make it work. Excuse me, if I may. So through the, oh, go ahead. I think there's an important point that it has a domino effect because if you look at sheet C.1.0, the existing driveway interferes with the proposed wheelchair ramps at the corner. So the two wheelchair ramps, one crossing the new road and one crossing Winthrop, may not be able to be designed appropriately if the driveway remains where it is today. So through the chair, can I ask a question of the applicant? Yes, please um, go ahead. And if the applicant, and Robin, is, actually, could you just yes. could you just state again your full name and affiliation so that the public sure. understands? Sure. My name is Robin Stein, and I work at the law firm KP Law, and we are special counsel to the the board in this matter. Thank so you. we're we're a lawyer for the board. Um, my, I guess my question before getting making this too complicated, because um, I was just trying to understand the the board's goal with the condition is whether the applicant's willing to have the condition say that you need, the applicant needs to arrange for a relocation as shown on the plan. So, so um, a little bit pre prior to answering that, um, so we, some, we regret putting a $40,000 water line in without getting this in writing. And, and now when I took notes, we're hearing this compensatory damages and we have to shield their property from the future development. So I, um, I would have no problem with the requirement for that with our neighbor at 555 Winthrop, which is Sharia. But I think that if I, what we're agreeing to now is incredible amount of leverage against our company. And that, that's a concern. I mean, the letter itself pretty much states that they want it, but they think that there's more for them to get. And we are open to doing it. We've been, been on the plans for, I think, three years. And uh, our neighbor has been at the meetings for those three years. Um, this is not new, Robin, just to give you an explanation of time. Um, we're willing to. I think that, you know, if, if we want to say that the developer is willing to um, put this in with it as long as it's agreed to within a certain period of time. I think that the neighbors would gladly sign it knowing that it's got an expiration date. And I would do that rather than being at a negotiating table with someone who's just written a letter, which I wouldn't have put that in writing personally, um, that pretty much says they're going to hold out to get a little more. So, Attorney Stein, do you have any recommendation for how to proceed in this matter? Well, um, you know, I think that those are fair comments. Um, and that certainly, you know, so long as the board understands that ultimately, if they can't accomplish the private agreement, it's not going to get moved and that they, they may have to come back for modifications if there's something that implicates that, um, you certainly could put a condition in that just says that the developer shall relocate the easement um, I'm just looking at, it. I want to get the terms right, that the, the developer shall, as part of the project, accomplish the proposed relocation of the access easement shown on, and I think it's sheet S2, um, subject to agreement of the easement holders, but that um, there should be no interference with the existing private easement rights. 
um, if that's something that everyone thinks is a fair condition. That seems reasonable. What do you think, Mr. Champy? So what happens in the event that the, that um, 553 just decides that they're going to hold up? Uh, Attorney Stein, I'm going to throw that to you. Well, I mean, a legal again, question. It, you know, if it's not a requirement of the approval that it get moved, then it doesn't move. Okay. Um, and that's right. why I asked, and I think Tim already addressed this question, is this an integral part or is it something that's preferred? And I understand from Tim that it's something that's preferred. So if it's not a condition of the approval, everyone just understands that it may not happen. Um, and if there are parts of this design that are dependent on that happening, they might have to modify, um, but I, it's hard, you know, I can't really guess at that right now. We, we would agree to that. Okay. Did you say you would? Yes. yes. I'm sorry, the, the Zoom just got, sorry. okay. So um, something along the lines that the developer shall relocate the easement shown as, I'm just gonna write this up, proposed relocated access easement A1. Um, and then we can always proofread it later on land sheet S2 uh, and we'll say subject to um, agreement of the easement holders. Yes. I lost my page. Sorry. Subject to the agreement of the easement holders, and shall and shall not interfere with existing easement rights. Yes. Okay. So something something along those lines, something to that effect. Um, right. If that works for folks, Tim. If the, that works the, for you. In the event that it's a stalemate, we we replan a, a crosswalk. That all makes sense, and that's where my mind was headed too. That that will, that will work. And, and just to be clear, if um, if for some reason agreement falls through and we and we all don't get what we want in the situation, then it, it would have to be approved through a field change through the board, a redesign, um, how we make that crossing work from Lorraine and all that. Uh, so you know, it definitely. Well, feasible. Sorry, Tim. Could you explain that process again? If if it if we're moving the crosswalk. I would say that um, if, the, if a plan site gets approved tonight and uh, that agreement doesn't go through with the private-to-private -private, um, agreement there on the, with, the, with the grantee, then, then um, you would have to submit for a field change for a redesign, um, leaving the driveway where it is uh, and then seeing what we can do about that crossing over uh, to Lorraine. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So it would be a field change. And to be, just to be clear, we're, we think it's a better project with the extension on the right-of-way. Yeah, yeah, I think we, I think we all kind of agree that. I think the grantees also know that too. Um, it's just a matter of the, 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 the business of doing business per se in this, in this world. We appreciate that. Yeah. And Tim, Attorney's just to time. confirm, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just recognizing <laughs> you. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. It's so hard on Zoom to get attentions. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm being accurate in what I said. It's just the area identified as proposed relocated access easement A1 where it says extension of right of way, is that already there? It's not already there. 
So I just want to make sure that the condition is clear as to what the developer has to do. Maybe you can help it's, on the engineering side of that. Sir, it's the the extension of the right of way is the is the new area, and the, oh, okay. So you're okay. So you're getting rid of the 955 foot proposed relocated access easement and creating the extension of the right of way. Um, I don't follow you. This so is. I'm a, looking. Can you I'm, share your I'm screen, looking, please? Um, I can't because I'm on. I can tell you it's. I can't because I have it on a different um, system than the Zoom, but it's sheet S2.0. Uh, let's see. Maybe you can share it. Um, I apologize. I, you know what? I don't have – I have the sheets that I was supposed to pull because it was a Dropbox link. Do you think uh, we could – I think we all agree on what we're trying to accomplish. Do you think we could uh, wordsmith the final language? Uh, yeah, we can Later. make the final decision just subject to the chair's final review and approval. I think we're all on the yes. same page about what's going to happen. And yep. we can just, we can clarify it later. That's fine. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your, your counsel, uh, Attorney Stein. Happy to help. Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. So uh, a couple of other issues to, to cover. The, the fire chief uh, had a conversation with community development uh, staff and myself uh, about a couple of, uh, of concerns and, and recommendations that, that he was making. So I want to just acknowledge those and try to address them here. One was he um, uh, reiterated that he'd like that right of way to be as wide as possible and uh, paved. Um, I think you mentioned that you were intending to pave it now. Is that correct? Or yes. Assuming, yeah, assuming we get the extension, we're paving it. We're paving right. it as well. Yes. Okay, great. And then uh, obviously he he had recommended uh, sprinkling uh, each of the houses. Now you are not required to do that. So that's just his, his uh, preference that he wanted to weigh in on. And then the final uh, thing, which is probably his strongest recommendation was to uh, get rid of the island that's there. He has concerns about the turning radius and uh, being able to maneuver uh, fire trucks in there, um, especially if people are parked uh, in front of their homes. So, so uh, could, yeah, could you address uh, that issue? Sure, on the island, um, my, my, from my understanding, the subdivision rules and regs require it for the road for the cul-de-sac, so I think it would require relief. Um, so what I would suggest in that case would be that um, if we can approve the plan in its current state, um, I'll reappear for the relief to remove the island. Therefore, that way if someone appeals it, I'm not stuck in appeals court because of an island. Uh, we don't believe that that is a, a requirement uh, to have the island? Well, then that would be easy. I'll take it right off. Okay. I'm, I'm almost, I'm, Wayne Kiefner is, is on the call and he's muted. Um, he may know, it's been on there so long, I, to be honest, I, I forget. But so I guess we could make the, um, if it doesn't require relief, I'll remove okay. the island. Okay. Okay. Great. There may be some middle ground with uh, that. Sorry. 
uh, go ahead. I was about to say uh, the same thing. I'm wondering if there's a design for an island that would satisfy both the fire chief and the fact that I think it looks a lot nicer with the island. Yeah, it looks like the overall diameter is 80 feet of the largest circle. So it's similar to uh, roundabouts that are on the street. And in those cases, the median could be, uh, the center island could be reduced with a multiple um, piece to it. So it's kind of a hybrid. Yeah, so we could do like a paver that's, that, that ramps up in a three foot section around it with a planting in the middle. To be honest, I'll, I don't have a, uh, I think that that would be kind of cool, but I don't have a, a position on it. So, um, yeah. we, you know, we drew the road so they would adhere to the specs, uh, but I, I really, when it comes down to it, um, I'm, I'm open to anything. So, I, and obviously I, I communicated to the chief too that I thought aesthetically the island looked better, but he, he did feel that, uh, that he'd have some, some issues with his, with his trucks. So mm -hmm. I want to take that, uh, that seriously. Were so, they, what kind of issues were they Andre? Because, um, you know, you, there are like programs you can use to, you know, like it's called auto turn and you can just show the chief that, his his largest ladder truck is 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 huge. Right. This is this is something that might require a, a separate sit down conversation with the chief at, at some point to go over these kinds of design issues, um, which I, I would be interested in in doing. But I think for the for tonight, um, it would be hard to get to that point. So I, I guess, you know, if, if there is, I, I like the idea of having some kind of, um, you know, treatment where you can see, uh, you know, would not just be 80 feet of, uh, or, or so of, of asphalt, but it would have some, some treatment in the middle that would make it more aesthetically pleasing, but would, would not interfere if necessary with, with a truck that would have to make, you know, that might have to drive over it. So I'm I'm open to whatever the wherever that discussion lands, I'm fine with it. Okay. Uh, so is there agreement though that you know Tim? I think you uh, there's no requirement as far as you know to have that island there. Is that correct? Yeah, I looked into it. It's on a graphic. So that that's and it talks about widths with uh, with an island. So I'm pretty sure they're minimum. So it could be interpreted that the regs don't require it, like you were saying. I didn't see it explicitly in black and white that said a an island is required. Right, yeah. but, but it's in the diagrams, right? And in, right, uh, it is in the diagrams. I mean, that's valid point. So someone could interpret it as it's shown in the diagrams, therefore it's, it's required. So, you know, point taken. But we're flexible on that. Okay, yeah, we have not uh, required islands particularly because of the you know the fire chief has as often weighs in in this way on on such projects so uh, we don't anticipate a problem but i i think if we could word it in such a way that uh we could say there could be uh, some kind of treatment in the in the middle that would not obstruct uh you know, emergency vehicles, that would be, and then we can kind of leave that for uh, the design afterwards. 
for you guys to work out? So, so if we could word it so it's so that it's stated um, that that the island can be reduced in size, almost down to can go essentially go to zero. But at that point, yes. if, the, if there's still a concern, it's not our concern. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's right. There, there could be maybe we should word it that there, there could be no island, but that there will be. Um, you know, further discussion with the uh, with the fire chief and the city engineer about a, a mutually acceptable, um, you know, treatment for the the cul de sac. Uh, not, not, but not but not require but not requiring anything to be there. So you know, worst case, um, there's no island. And and is that a discussion um, between uh, the fire chief and the and Tim McGiven? Uh, yeah, I mean, the fire chief's position, I believe, is no island. That's his preference. So, you know, I think the question is whether there could be a little bit more of, um, you know, something more aesthetically pleasing worked out with, um, with you and, and Tim and the, the fire chief that the fire chief would find acceptable. My, my experience with the fire chief has always been cordial and, and professional, and, but he's unwavering. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. I'm up for following anybody that wants to go into his office with me and talk about it, but I anticipate we're going to have pavement. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Chair, if I may. Yeah, Mr. Blake. Um, you know, I defer to the chief on all safety matters, but I thought it might be useful to the board and the residents and attendants, just point of information. There's a roundabout in Melrose at Green and Howard with a 16 foot traveling lane around and then, and it has a rumble strip um, outside the center island, which makes it a total of 25 feet from the center island to the outer edge. So it's on the intersection of two major streets. So I think um, there's definitely some hybrid, you know, some wiggle room here. I'm happy to happy to participate. Okay, and, thank you. And I suggest um, just to, if it's helpful, and again, subject to final approval. Um, a condition that the applicant shall remove the proposed cul-de-sac island and will work with the fire chief and director of engineering to identi identify, if possible, an alternative treatment for the cul-de-sac. That sounds great. Sounds Thank great. You. Is that acceptable to everyone? Uh, board members, is that acceptable to all of you? Yes. Andre, it's Dave. I just, yes. I, I just want to make sure that we're conveying to the chief that and if this is true, that it's the board's strong recommendation that there is some treatment. I just want to make sure, like, we're really on board with this thing. Yeah. And, and, and he understands that. Um, I don't want it to just fall by the wayside. I think that's a good point. And, uh, I, again, when I met with him, I communicated that, but I think it might be helpful for other board members to communicate that as well. And perhaps it may, may require a, uh, uh, a dialogue uh, separate from from this any particular project. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I do see uh, Doug Carr with his hand raised. Could uh, he be unmuted? I could just say a few words about uh, about that island. Um, issue. Uh, somebody who has seen them successfully designed all over the place 
from Assembly Row and a lot of places around Medford. Um, it's not a safety issue. The, the standard civil engineering diagrams and turning radiuses that will handle any fire truck. And to have 100 feet of pavement in the middle of that development would look terrible. I think you've got to fight hard for the aesthetics here. It's not a safety issue. This is a, this is a desire, not, there's no safety issue that I can see that I've seen that design a dozen times in a dozen different cities over the last 10 years. And I just think it would be un, unwise for the neighborhood, the, the, the small cluster cul-de-sac created to have this landing strip like, like Logan Airport in the middle of it, where it really needs to be softened. This is a quality of the development issue. These are well-designed buildings. It's, you know, it's got a lot of great landscaping to have. This crater in the middle of it, I think is a big mistake. Thank you, Mr. Carr. I would also add that I, to me, it's a bit of a, like a, a sustainability issue too. It's just, you know, it, that much more black asphalt, just heating up that area. And, not contributing to um, infiltration and, you know, creating more rainwater down the slope and all that. I think it's, I, I tend to agree that this is something this project should have. So I'm, I did I'm not sure that. I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. I did I'm, express I'm, that sentiment as well for the chief. I, I'm just sort of maybe feeling that there needs to be a language that's just a little stronger in support of it or, um, you know, the removal of is it of it is is there's a condition or another review i i don't know i, f I feel like if we get rid of it tonight and they, we say maybe we'll put it back it's it's could be lost for good well if maybe we the could... rules and regulations you're 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 welcome to keep it in do other board members have a strong opinion I think for the for the purpose of, of moving this forward, I think we should stick to Attorney Stein's recommendation, uh, but add, uh, I'm happy to try to wordsmith it a, a little bit more and maybe add some language about permeability and uh, sustainability, because I think that we could, um, you know, at worst have a surface level solution that is aesthetically sets the the pavement apart and is permeable. So I think we could at least do that. Yeah. I, I suppose there, it could also not be a tree. It right. could be just like plantings that if in worst case scenario, they could just be run over. Right. Yes, yeah, so we would, uh, agreeing with that, excuse me, Mr. Chair. Um, yes, go ahead. Agreeing, agreeing with that, um, we'll, we'll, we will agree in, in the decision that in the island there'll be no transformers, no electrical. Um, so if we keep all that out of there, low growth would be fine. And if you drove over it, you wouldn't do any damage other than to the plants. Um, okay, well, I think I... So I, can I just confirm then, um, just so folks are on the same page, that the the um, condition will read along the lines that the applicant shall remove the proposed cul-de-sac island and work with the fire chief and engineering director to identify an alternative treatment for the cul-de-sac to be installed by the applicant? I would say that we're going to augment the island 
and not remove it. Okay. okay, so the applicant shall augment the proposed cul-de-sac island and work with the fire chief and engineering director to identify an alternative treatment for the cul-de-sac to be installed by the applicant. And I would say, could you insert language in there that would say permeable um, and also that would not obstruct emergency vehicles? Yeah, no infrastructure, no exposed infrastructure. Okay, so we'll say, um, let me one second here. Identify a permeable alternative treatment for the cul-de-sac to be installed by the applicant, um, there shall be no in, no infrastructure installed. No exposed, no exposed infrastructure. Is that satisfactory? There shall be no exposed infrastructure installed in the area of the cul-de-sac? To, to account for the trees, you could say no vertical elements over a certain height. I think we should keep this uh, as simple as possible and maybe not talk about the infrastructure. I think we should just, okay. his concern is about obstructing emergency vehicles and we should just say a, you know, a permeable cul-de-sac island. I, I like what you said, Attorney Stein, so stick with your words, just um, that will, that shall not obstruct emergency vehicles. Okay, so it'll say the applicant shall augment their proposed cul-de-sac island and work with the fire chief and engineering director to identify a permeable alternative treatment for the cul-de-sac that shall not obstruct emergency vehicles and will be installed by the